Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to episode five of Friends with Friends. My name is Pete and this is Dave. Hello, Pete and the world. And uh, we've got another guest with us. Well, I say, I was going to say friend then, but there there is more to this than friend. Yes, this is our third friend on Friends with Friends, episode five. Uh, and also today, a blood relative of one of us. Hello. <laughs> there she is. We have Sarah Cribb, sister of Dave Cribb. Hello, Pete. Hello, Dave. Hello. <laughs> so, uh, Sarah has, of course, chosen an episode of the wonderful sitcom Friends, which we are about to dissect and overanalyze. Um, Sarah, would you like to reveal what episode you've chosen? I have chosen the one with the lesbian wedding. Very strong episode. Um, I've really enjoyed watching this one. So uh, this is going to be a slightly different like episode of this podcast for me because obviously Sarah Cribb and I grew up watching Friends together. So this course. is like basically our childhood yep. condensed into 29 minutes or however long this podcast is going to be. Uh, so why did you choose the one with the lesbian wedding? Uh, it's just a great episode. <laughs> it For me, it's like everything... I mean, there's loads of problems with Friends, obviously. <laughs> We're going to go into we've that. Been, we've been through a lot of them so far yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> but... It's an episode that is both very, very funny because it's A, it's early day friends and it's like joke after joke after Mm. joke. But also it's got a lot of heart and pathos and it's just basically, I'm very optimistic. So ultimately it's, it's a, episode about love is love is love and oh, it's, it's great nice, it? actually there are, there are i think there were two moments in this watching it back and we'll come to them in a minute where you sort of go oh it's like proper nice heartfelt moments oh i mean emotion. i've cried watching this episode <laughs> a number of times and i think this episode feels like watching it now it feels like it was way ahead of the curve compared to a lot of other programs yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, so yeah, well, let's crack into it, shall we? So, so we'll we'll discuss a lot of that as as we go along. Um, let me before we overanalyze this episode, read you the Wikipedia plot summary, go just in case it. you haven't watched this episode uh, recently. So here it is: the one with the lesbian wedding. Ross's ex-wife Carol announces her plans to marry her lesbian life partner Susan. Ross's sister Monica caters the wedding. Carol's parents refuse to attend the wedding, leading Carol to doubt her decision. But Ross, initially reluctant to see his ex-wife remarry, finds himself in the position of being the one to encourage her to go ahead with the ceremony, despite her parents' opposition. Meanwhile, Joey makes his first appearance on the long-running soap opera Days of Our Lives. Yeah, as Dr. What a, Drake what a Remore. What a moment. One of Phoebe's massage clients, Rose Edelman, dies on the <laughs> massage table and her spirit gets stuck in Phoebe. Very matter-of-fact, the way they written that plot uh, meanwhile rachel's mother sandra makes a major life decision after seeing how rachel has l- 
Madeline to fend for herself, she decides she is divorcing Rachel's father. So there's like four. Yeah, there's a um, lot going on here, isn't there? Yeah. Four little strands. The, let, let's start off with the sort of one that's not really a strand. It's just a bit, isn't it? <laughs> jo- Joey on Days of Our Lives is just a bit. And it comes back a couple of times, but it's really just sort of feels like one of those ones where Joey hadn't <laughs> didn't have much to do in this episode. This is quite a poor episode for Joey <laughs> in many ways. That's what we'll go into. It, 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 uh, so they've written in this bit of Days of Our Lives. Now, this is, again, this is not something that I've often thought about whilst watching Friends, but the first thing that came to mind when I'm watching it back, you know, in this mindset of doing this podcast mm. and therefore analysing everything that happens, Days of Our Lives is a real show. Yeah, yeah. actually exists. And across the 10 seasons of Friends, they mercilessly rip it, <laughs> like, really badly, don't they? It's not just like a, a nodding, loving, gentle parody. Was it on like, the same network as Friends? It was. They were both on NBC. Uh, okay. So yeah, so they mercilessly ripped Days of Our Lives as like a terrible, terrible, terrible TV show. How yeah. did they get away with it? Well, I've never watched it. Yeah. But I think it is a terrible, terrible TV <laughs> show. And I don't feel like there's a... I don't know. Maybe there is an audience that watches it. Well, this is the thing. From our but... point of view, and there, there might be Americans listening to this who are more familiar with Days of Our Lives. But like, I've, I've never seen Days of Our Lives. Yeah, the entire extent of my knowledge of Days of Our Lives involves how it is seen via friends like i don't think it's something that is shown over here in the uk i might be wrong it's probably on some satellite channel somewhere isn't it but it's not something that <laughs> satellite ever satellite channel yeah that was very uh that's a very we are in the 1990s of the time so. friends reference isn't it but um yeah it's probably on tally somewhere but no it's not something i'm familiar with at all no and, and so in my head when i was going back i was like this is written as if that they've created this fictional, terrible soap opera. Do you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the way they write it and mercilessly rip the piss out of it and say this is basically the worst thing on television and its actors are the worst actors on television. Mm. But as I went back to look into it and some, there are some real ones. Some of the real Days of Our Lives cast members feature in Friends. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Like, yeah, across the series. So there's obviously some that they make up, like Susan Sarandon plays one, doesn't she, at one point. And you mean like... Susan Sarandon wasn't in Days of Our Lives? <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on. So... Days of Our Lives characters play their Days of Our Lives characters in Friends. <laughs> so this is what I discovered. So the one where Joey has a roof party, do you remember that one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, all of the people there are real oh, Days really? of Our Lives actors. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And some of the ones they meet like on set occasionally are real ones. But then sometimes they just make them up when it suits them to have, you know, better actors playing the actors in Days of Our Lives. Yeah, well, that went but totally over our heads, didn't it? Here's the real crunch that I discovered whilst researching Days of Our Lives today. Hmm. Days of Our Lives is famously shot in California. Really? <laughs> the soap that opera. That is a commute for Joey. <laughs> yeah. So, Joey, the, 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 not only have they chosen a real thing, they've chosen a real thing that films hours and hours away, flights-wise, for Joey to just apparently nip down to the set. You're right about it not being a particularly complimentary take on Days of Our Lives as well, because the whole basis of Joey's involvement in this first episode is how he can act terribly and yet get away with it. <laughs> this is great. By it's... using this technique that someone within the cast has taught him. I'd actually forgotten that this was in this episode yeah. when I picked it, but this is the birth of the smell of heart. Actually. It yeah. is, yeah. That's one of those like friends tropes, isn't it? That just like, That lives within all of our daily lives now. Or as Joey puts it, it's a big pause where you look all intense. <laughs> well, it is one of my favourite uh, running things is Joey's terrible acting. Like, it's, I think it's, it's so well done how bad he is. Like, he acts like a terrible actor very well. The idea yeah. of this technique is so that he can remember the line that he's forgotten, isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah. Again, it's not a live show. 
<laughs> if you forget your line, just, just, We're just, go just again. do it again. Yeah, no guys. one edits that out. They just leave it in. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're just watching about those rushes going, that's a very good intense pause <laughs> halfway through a sentence. <laughs> Whilst he remembers the name of the problem. Yeah, the disease <laughs> yeah. that he's doing. Um, so yeah, but that's really all there is. That comes back a couple of times, doesn't it, across the episode. There's a couple of references to it. Joey does the impression of Dr. Drake Memory for the Friends. It's all oh, very yeah. nice. But apart from that, it's just like birthing this idea that Joey's in Days of Our Lives and nothing more really happens to it. Yeah. And then there's there's three sort of main plots mm. trundling through. So let's start. You've got, you got three choices, Sarah. Where would you like to start? Would you like to start with the wedding? Would you like to start with Rachel's mum? Or would you like to start with... Uh, the most insane plotline yes. since we analysed an episode two weeks ago where Ross attacks two women. Oh, yes. <laughs> we are picking up on something absolutely batshit mental each week, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's... I would like to start with that one. Okay. Um, because it is both my favourite and least favourite yeah. storyline. Um, Phoebe generally in Friends... I'm not going to say she's necessarily got a personality disorder, but she's certainly got some <laughs> complex mental health problems yeah. that are very much brushed under the carpet uh, by the rest of the friends. And it's and I guess to an extent that's good. They allow her to be herself. But also, is she getting any help? Because I do worry for Phoebe. So I can accept this to the level where Phoebe, in her head, she's imagined that the, the aura of this woman has entered her body. Sort of, yeah, I'm I'm sort of fine with that. She suggests that the woman's uh, spirit kind of goes Left, into her yeah. on its Gets way out stuck. of the body, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Like a sort of strange horror film where the spirit latches onto the first living thing when yeah. someone dies. Mm. You know, it, it's like, it's quite a dark... They get a lot in this episode, don't they? <laughs> yeah, in like, a very short Really nail a lot of genres, yeah. like terrible soap operas, horror films. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. Phoebe then starts to make references throughout the episode to people like Soupy Sales <laughs> and Evelyn something or other. Evelyn Derma. Evelyn Derma, <laughs> who we are led to believe she has never heard of. So are the Friends writers actually trying... Are we to believe that this has actually happened to her? Because it's not... The, the things that come out of Phoebe's mouth far surpass the plausible level yeah, to which she's taken it on herself. It's not Phoebe's cat mum, is it? No. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's not, yeah, Phoebe thinks her mum's a cat. It's, it's, not it's another sort of one of the mad plot lines. Next level brain... But it's infested her brain. Like, she's she's remembered celebrities from the 30s that she's never heard of. Mind and- you, this did happen to me the other day when Dad was asking me about any famous Lavernes that I knew. <laughs> and after Lauren, <laughs> I could only think of Laverne and Shirley, which I've never watched. I don't know what it's about. I mean, two women, maybe? Yeah, who knows? I think it was on in like the 70s, which was a good, you know, And what's 10, your, how do you know years. about Laverne and Shirley? I don't know. Oh, Just, right. So <laughs> maybe in the way that I know about Laverne and Shirley, Phoebe knows about Soupy Sales and Evelyn Derma. So, you know, do you know, does just... anyone know who Soupy Sales is? I, I thought that it might be some kind of popular culture figure, but it doesn't appear to be because straight after she said this name... She says, Joey I have says, no idea who it is. Yeah, who's Soupy Sales? Uh, oh, I, I think can, it's... Oh, here we go. It's certainly a man, right? Uh, it is a man, Soupy Sales, born Milton Supman. Ah, uh, yeah. Was Milton an American Supman. comedian, actor, radio television personality, and jazz aficionado. Okay, he exists then. So he yeah. does exist, and he presented a children's television show called Lunch with Soupy Sales. <laughs> 
A series of comments. <laughs> this, is, this is excellent. We are series- really delving into the depths of Wikipedia on this podcast, aren't we? It's a series of comedy sketches frequently ending with sales receiving a pie in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds highbrow. I mean, without I don't want to really delve too much into soupy cells. It, it, it might be that he's the man that invented the custard pie in the face. Yeah, possibly. which is quite that's that's a great trademark to have. But also, I just love the idea that he's, he has a number of like varying sketches set although in loads of different locations but they all end with him getting <laughs> a pie, pie in the face. face he's in the bank something funny happens pie to the face <laughs> he's at a funeral it's really sad there's some good jokes someone puts a pie in his face <laughs> i want to watch i want to watch lunch with soupy sales i reckon you should start a podcast about lunch with soupy sales should we do a spin-off pete yeah. do you reckon there's anything on youtube of soupy sales <laughs> maybe just that bit from friends it's probably the only time he's been mentioned in the past 10 years 20 years god no friends is old isn't it it's oh, a long man. time ago soupy, now, soupy sales is all over youtube mate I, I i implore we should all go away after this and uh watch some soupy sales outtakes and then we can come back next week and talk about soupy sales a bit more such um, a great name isn't it? it is this plot line in friends that i while i was watching this episode in preparation for this podcast i texted dave and i was i, I said god this is another one of those what the fuck is happening episodes (laughs) if you write down in summary what happens to phoebe in this episode a woman dies on her table and then phoebe claims to have absorbed her spirit like that is some bizarre storylining also can we talk about the fact that prior to phoebe coming in and making this announcement Ross and Chandler are getting ready to go to work. So it's what, like seven, half seven <laughs> yeah. in the morning? And someone's Eight, already died on it. Yeah. <laughs> like, who is getting a massage Bad at like start to the day. seven in the morning? There's a lot of issues, I think, time-wise with friends. Because <laughs> not only who's getting a massage at that time, but why are they all going to their... I, I understand yeah. the concept that they might all, every day after work go and hang out at monica's sure but why before they start work at let's presume 9 a.m yeah like they all go over for breakfast do they all gather for but not even breakfast together just to hang out yeah and they've got to track you know they've got to commute it's new york city and at this point ross doesn't live opposite them no so he's already traveling (laughs) like i get up in the morning and there's usually i reckon a 20 minute period between me getting out of bed and having to leave the house like i do not have time to usually make myself breakfast and sit down for half an hour in my own flat, never mind no. travel to someone else's flat. Also, if I came to your flat every morning, a la Ross and Monica, yeah. that would add an extra hour and a half onto my commute every day. <laughs> yeah, it seems just illogical. Um, so yeah, so they're having there. So Phoebe comes in. We've 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 done all this, and then we meet. I think probably we talked about last week about how uh, I think Jack Geller is probably my favourite minor role character in friends oh, I, think okay. he's probably, I think he's probably the best one i think there's a character in this episode who's the best three-line cameo appearance is this mr adelman mr adelman <laughs> yes he is great he says about 10 words in total but he is excellent he's excellent he's also taking his wife's death very well isn't well, he <laughs> i thought that yeah he is propositioning young women within a matter of a day after she dies so we're to believe that an old man's <laughs> life partner, who he's probably, judging by his, you know, age, has probably been married to for 60, 70 years, maybe. Yeah. She's died. Could the have been ne- a late-in-life match. Could have been a late-in-life match. But, like, they've been married and his wife has died yesterday. Yeah. He gets a call from her masseuse. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll nip along. Sure. I'm not doing much today. 
Uh, and then she's like, oh, by the way, you know, your wife died yesterday. I think she's uh, inside In me. me. <laughs> and he doesn't go, oh, do you know what? It's, it's quite hard to talk about this at the moment. It's, it's, it's quite an insensitive thing to say that. I don't, you're quite mad. He just says, uh, yeah, cool. Do you want to have sex? <laughs> <laughs> he is a man who's very much in his 80s. He's seen a lot. He's unfazed by life. His wife's died. It's sad, sure. But he's got the opportunity to potentially bang Lisa Kudrow. So <laughs> who among us would not try it on at that point? He's making the most of his opportunity, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, also that line is very much one of the just uh, sexism bits yeah. of friends. Yeah, it's classic. Worth a shot, Worth right? Worth a shot, huh? Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Mr. Edelman. You big perv. Sorry, you shouldn't say that about someone who's recently lost their wife, should you? No, but luckily, Pete, he lost his wife in 1997. That's true. He may not even be with us anymore. Oh, my God. Do you think that actor is no longer alive? Oh, he will be. Sorry, did I really... He's probably dead, isn't he? Watch the bus there. Shall I Google that? He probably is. Yeah, Yeah. What's what's his name? Mr. Abelman? Adelman, I think. Oh, I've got him. I've got him. Oh, my God. His name is Phil Leeds. Just for context, Pete lives in Leeds. I am in Leeds right now, yeah. Um... Let's play Guess When He Died. Oh, <laughs> okay. no. Uh, so when did this episode go out? Uh, it was early on, so like 95? Yeah. 97? <laughs> I'm going to say 2000. Yeah, he died in 1998. Oh. Oh, you win. It's been gone 19 years. Rest in peace, Phil Leeds. <laughs> I've just got him up now on uh, IMDb. Actor, 116 credits. He appeared in Lost and Found as Elderly Man. He appeared in a series <laughs> called You Wish as... Old man. <laughs> he appeared in a show called Murphy Brown as Wizened Old Man. <laughs> he was wow. in Ghost. What? what? The film? He was, he, yeah, he was in Ghost. He played, I quote, emergency room ghost. I really like that he's played a series of old men that have got progressively more wizened and then they've gone, he's going to have to be a ghost now. Yeah. Nobody's going to believe him as somebody he's who's so... still alive. He's too old. Um, so yeah, so anyway, so to, 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 to wrap this sort of bit of the plot line up, the Phoebe plot line, um, and this goes back to a trope that we've picked up on a couple of times in the sort of, why do they not all go to work ever? And we've established that Ross and Chandler were on their way to work mm. uh, at the start of this episode. Phoebe, you know, at this stage we are led to believe is a fairly struggling masseuse, mm-hmm. decides she can spend two or three days just walking the spirit of a dead woman <laughs> around New York, <laughs> yeah. around the Museum of Modern Art, the Empire State Building. The just... Rockefeller Centre, all the places that I'm going to guess a woman in her 80s who's having a massage at 7.30 in the morning. has <laughs> probably got quite a lot of time and money and has probably seen most of these sites of New York. Yeah, so the premise is that um, the, the husband says she, she wanted to see everything. Yeah. yeah. So Phoebe thought, well, she's probably not seen the landmarks in her home city, <laughs> so I'll nip along and show her those. Like, jump on a plane, Phoebe's mate. <laughs> across the Sydney Opera House. She's probably not seen that. She's probably seen the Empire State Building because she lived in New York for 90 years. (laughs) Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Rachel's mum. Let's talk about Rachel's mum. This is the sort of one of... The, the B plots before we get to the A plot of the wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel's mum comes to visit. Mm. Uh, Rachel's all nervous because uh, it's the first time since she left Barry at the altar. Rachel's mum's come to visit her and it transpires that Rachel's mum sees Rachel happy as Larry and decides to leave happy Rachel's as dad. Barry. Happy <laughs> as Barry. Uh, uh, this is one of my favourite ever B plots, I think, in a Friends episode because it's so sad and beautiful. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. I was, was going to say, the moment that Rachel's mum says, you didn't marry your Barry, but I married mine, that's mm. actually a really sad thing. Like she's saying, I've spent yeah. my entire adult life with this person that deep down I never wanted to be with. That's really sad. It's so sad. I have got heartbreaking written in all capital letters in my notes. <laughs> but also she says she says that bit about being in the car and and then getting home and wondering how did I get there? And yeah. that's how her whole life has been as well. It's yeah. pretty it's dark and sad it's, it's really well written as well it's beautiful yeah, yeah it really is. this is they've, they've really pulled it back and i wonder if they clocked off after lunch having written this <laughs> heartbreakingly beautiful uh, investigation into the human condition and the marriage and love relationship mother daughter thing you know people that marry too early and they go guys we have nailed this and then they come back and it's you know <laughs> Have a couple of pints at lunch, 4 p.m. They're like, oh, crap, we've got an Phoebe plot line. Uh, <laughs> come on, guys, spark it, spark it. Dead woman dies, spirit inside her. That'll That'll cool. And we're shooting. I think you also I think you also learn a lot about Rachel uh, in contrast to her mother. That's obviously why this, this story is there, because you kind of see what Rachel's life would have been like if she had married Barry and the great mm. contrast between that and how happy she is now her mum says something like oh you're the happiest i've ever seen you so it's clear mm. that this yeah. this new rachel which we've known all along but it's clearly new to her her being in the city of new york and meeting these people um mm. it's clearly completely turned her life around i think for like a b plot that is i don't know what this must take up like about seven minutes of yeah. the episode if that yeah. it's like a pretty good analysis of like a very complex mother-daughter relationship rachel's in her 20s she's quite selfish but also understandably quite embarrassed when her mum says things like so what's new in sex (laughs) in front of her other best friend you know and it does react understandably but it makes you like watching it as a kid you are like oh this is really embarrassing oh god parents are the worst and then watching it a bit older and as an adult you're like oh my god like wow this is 
intense and and it is that moment like you say you didn't marry your Barry I married mine and Rachel the the face the reaction and that that yeah. face she gets is, it doesn't she yeah and it's like oh okay thank thank god like you see your parents as real people who had lives before you and like complex emotions and yeah. obviously Rachel's come from like an incredibly privileged family and yeah. has probably had many other issues with her parents <laughs> over the years but yeah, this is. I just think it's really beautiful. Really there's tender. also there's also that moment where her mum makes a reference to the fact that Rachel's dad is the only person she's ever slept with, and that's why mm. she's so excited about the idea of being single and kind of meeting other people and stuff like that. It's she wants a bit of what Rachel's had, doesn't she? She wants that freedom of of starting all over again. Oh yeah, there's a bit in. So I was watching it in the on the box set. Which is like the extended oh, versions. Yeah, Did yeah, anybody yeah. watch that extended no, version? No, no, I had a... So I can't remember if this was in the original, but there's a bit where she's talking to Rachel in the living room and she's talking about all the things she wants that Rachel has. And that includes like, you know, I want a job, I want this and that. I want a Chandler. What? <laughs> yeah. what? And then Rachel's like, Mom, I don't think Chandler's like enough of a reason to leave daddy. <laughs> Rachel's mom says that Chandler is like her <laughs> ideal man. I don't. I don't think it's meant in that spirit. I think it's meant. She as wants like, an accessory, like a I sarcastic, want, like, a, a yeah, sarcastic man pal. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> and then, and then Rachel says, "You know, actually, mum, this is hard. This, this is. I'm working this crappy job. I'm not earning very much money. You know, it's not." like the ideal life that you see. And then Rachel's mum says, oh, sweetie, you don't understand. I'll be doing what you do, but with money. It'll be totally different. <laughs> oh, my days. I do have one further question about Rachel's mum, yep. which mm-hmm. leads us on to the final part of this episode. Why is Rachel's mum at Ross's ex-wife's <laughs> wedding? Right. Okay. Oh, okay, this right. is like a whole other... We need to talk about this. Let's play depth. one of the Friends jingles and talk about the wedding. <laughs> okay. Roll the jingle. we talk about the wedding now yep (laughs) (laughs) yes peach yeah permission granted so there's a few issues there aren't there not only is rachel's mum like even if she's in town for a few days and i think she maybe only lives on long island so like why is she in town for so many days but also okay you just take a few hours leave her at home yeah leave her she can go and you know so to me this is part of a bigger problem with the wedding guest list yeah i've got a huge problem with is is the problem why are there only lesbians at the lesbian wedding okay that's that's like (laughs) that's a problem that needs a whole other segment to talk about what i'm interested in okay i can understand why ross is there and we should talk about that (laughs) a bit more uh despite being very reluctant to go yeah i can understand why monica's there she's she's catering catering. she's catering yeah okay why are Phoebe, Rachel, and Joey yeah. there? Who are Carol? Oh, and Chandler, yeah. yeah. Who are Carol's ex-husband's friends? <laughs> like this is quite a small wedding. Yeah. Like the the guest list is not huge. So to, to me, those two things tie up, right? We are led to believe when they arrive that everybody there is a lesbian, right? Yeah. Yeah, to because Joey immediately Joey and- is is oh, it's like I'm Superman without my yeah. cape or yeah. whatever. I have no. Yeah, I have superpowers, but I cannot fly, or whatever he says. So they're looking around the room, and basically the implication is everyone here is a lesbian, which I imagine, knowing some lesbians as I do, they don't exclusively move in lesbians-only circles. I'm going to say, yeah, if I do ever get married, I reckon they'll be like... 
Probably like 15 max yeah. lesbians. <laughs> I'll put a lesbian cap on it. <laughs> There's going to be a lesbian cap. I just don't know that many lesbians, yeah. which is like yeah. part of the problem of why I'm not in any position to get married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is the problem. Why is there such a wide circle of lesbians? I mean, sure. Like lots of lots of gay people do have lots of gay friends because yeah. that's part of the, you know, especially when you're young, 100%. you go out, you make, you but make no, friends, people find do. people. E- but even if it's, say, 75% lesbians, lesbians yeah. that's still... A, I'd say a high amount, but still plausible that there might be some straight people there. The only straight non-lesbians are uh, Ross's Car- friends, Carol's ex-husband, Carol's ex-straight husband, <laughs> whom she left for a lesbian, his sister, and some people he just hangs out with in the mornings yeah. before they all go to work. The thing is, there's quite a problematic thing with the the guest list. Like, obviously, this is quite a quite I, I I would say quite an early depiction of a same-sex marriage, and that's obviously a very positive thing because I think yeah. their their marriage is portrayed very positively. But the it problematic is. thing about the wedding is that every lesbian on the guest list is apparently immediately attracted to all of the heterosexual females there. Doesn't necessarily work like that. Like, Phoebe gets propositioned, and then Rachel's mum makes a comment about how people keep making eyes at her. No straight people. The lesbians might not want to sleep with you. Exactly. As previously advertised, there's fuckloads of lesbians for them to choose from. (laughs) Why would they choose the only three straight women? I don't want to be, you know, massively stereotyping lesbians, but lesbians are all already going out with other lesbians. (laughs) That's the whole thing about being a lesbian. That's why it's so annoying to be a single lesbian. It's like, yeah, okay, I know like 10, but they're going out with each other. Did you notice who the woman who propositions Phoebe at the end, did you notice who that was? Big Boo. Boo from Orange is the New Black. Yeah. Is it? It is. It's looking very young, but otherwise looking much like she does now. Yeah. The other nice thing about, we'll call her Boo because that's what we know her as in Orange is the New Black. She picks up on Phoebe talking about how this (laughs) woman has left her. And that's what makes her think, oh, this Phoebe is a a lesbian. I'm going to make a move on her. No, Phoebe's actually talking about a dead old woman (laughs) whose spirit has left her. So she totally gets that wrong, but it's a nice moment. Um, But yeah, we talked about this at the start very briefly. It is worth touching on because I made a note that sort of the way they all talk about basically lesbianism and lesbian weddings the, the way they treat it like ross mocks it at the start he's like what and i was pronouncing wife, wife and, and wife, wife. Like, yeah. like that's insane and then the whole old woman storyline resolves when it is implied that the maddest thing in the world that anyone could ever see mm-hmm. is two women getting married but you also have to see that in the context of so that's what i was gonna say so I, so I was watching it and then i went to look back at it and at this time when this web uh, episode went out it was not legal. same-sex marriage wasn't legal anywhere, anywhere in, the world. in the world no i know so, so it wasn't a it wasn't a concept yeah. but no no i know so it is when you look back at it through those different spectacles then it's, it's it is quite a and also did you read was it M- is it nbc yeah that they had hired a bunch of uh extra staff to, to man deal the with phones, the complaints. To deal with the complaints. Really? And they wow. only got like 12 calls or something. Wow. And they were expecting, you know, thousands. So That's incredible. The other thing about the context of that comment that Phoebe makes of now I've seen everything, she's also making it from the perspective of a much older woman who she yeah. apparently is occupying. Mm. Um, so that's kind of why it might be something a bit more... Um, yeah, that's true. Shocking? Not shocking, that's the wrong word. But that's why this is one of my favourite episodes because watching it as like... I don't know how old I was when I first saw it, like eight or 10 or something. And yeah, there's some humor in the idea of wife and wife. And Ross behaves a little bit like a petulant child, but equally it's his ex-wife. Yeah. But yeah, it 
portrayed this two women and actually carol and susan are i think my two favorite recurring cast members okay susan in particular susan's great is i mean carol's fine but susan is a peach i love susan (laughs) she's i think she might be one of my dream women um (laughs) she has got such great style as well her dungarees at the beginning of this and her hat that she gets married in wow susan (laughs) just wow she also has a very low tolerance for ross's bullshit yeah, which is great. And that's the thing. So there is some humor around that idea. And fine, again, different time. But there's no malice whenever Susan and Carol are in a scene because you wouldn't even try and take the piss out of them because they're, they are well-written characters. Mm. They're like strong characters. They're clearly shown to be in a loving, committed relationship. They're raising, yeah. ad- admittedly, the most annoying child in the world when he grows up. But <laughs> ben is a prick. I'm going to say that's all Ross's influence. <laughs> yeah. um, but he's a very cute baby at this point. But yeah, but that's the thing. So this this marriage is portrayed as something beautiful and they're allowed to be affectionate with each other um, at the wedding afterwards when they're doing photographs. You yeah. know, Susan's got her arms around Carol. Um, Monica and joey or chandler are looking on and they're saying isn't isn't it beautiful and 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 that thing where uh carol's parents don't want to come when she comes to their flat and ross despite himself has to say i think susan's right you know you should this isn't about george and adelaide it's about you and you should do it and even ross who's a petulant little child and and reacts so terribly in so many situations just sees this for what it is it's just two people who are in love with each other and that is pretty cool and progressive it felt like a mainstream comedy that as like a 10 year old i was watching and i was going oh right okay so two women can be in love and can have a life together and can raise a kid together and yeah they're two very beautiful white women we've got a long way to go (laughs) but still it's something it's a start Is it quiz time? Quiz time! Oh no. Okay, right. very quick fire. This is uh, this is the lightning round. We uh, ask you five questions, just not really to do with the storyline, just little bits of attention to detail that you may or may not have picked up. And we put them on a leaderboard that we forget to update every week, so it means very little, really. So uh, uh, would you like to kick off with question number one, Peter? I will. Uh, are you ready for this, Sarah? As ready as I'll ever be, Pete. What is the name of Ben's cuddly toy? Oh, I'm really pleased you asked me this one. As soon as I started watching it, I was like, this will be on the quiz. <laughs> Mr. Winky. It is. <laughs> it's Mr. The rabbit Winky. comforter. <laughs> one point. What is Mr. Winky? Is it, uh, is it just like a bear? I think he's a rabbit. His oh, ears look rabbity. Okay. I think he's like a rabbit comforter, though. You know, like the, with the head of an animal, but like, like a, the body a of a cloth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Question two. Why does Susan and Carol's wedding caterer cancel... Uh, oh, she has. Oh, she has an accident. It's. I feel like it's. Uh, it's a mountain biking accident. It is. A mountain biking and accident. And she's in a full body cast. That's the exact answer we got written on the card. Question three. What does Rachel's mum see ugly naked guy doing? And what does she call him? Oh, I think he's playing the cello. He is. <laughs> and what does she call she him? him? She doesn't call him ugly naked guy. Calls him. It's kind of ugly naked guy, but yeah. in a more it, middle class. It's something it's like it's just thesaurus of ugly naked guy, yeah, isn't it? it is. An attractive nude gentleman or man. man? Unattractive yeah. nude man. Yeah. yeah. 
What a wonderful image that is. A, well, it's not a wonderful image in the slightest. A, a, a nude man playing the cello on his own in his man. flat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Question four. Uh, the friends are all helping Monica cater the wedding. Joey's making pigs and blankets. What food is Ross asked to prepare? Oh, no. Oh, no. I can't remember this. This is annoying. Balling a melon. Oh, balling a melon. That's it. Oh. That's the thing that she couldn't manage. <laughs> this is the, the this is the the too much for no, me. No, let's be honest. That is the task you would give Ross. Yeah, yeah. You can't fuck up balling a melon, can you? Although you wouldn't give Jerry anything. No, so, exactly. Yeah. Pigs and blankets is a bigger deal. Pigs and blankets is an interesting choice for a wedding menu. Well, I mean, she goes through some pretty interesting choices, doesn't she? Like. Chicken breasts. Chicken, yeah. lesbian wedding. Chicken breasts. Chicken breasts. As if that's like a massively out there idea yeah. to serve a chicken at a wedding. Oh, and she's like lamb or duck. Yeah. Like, you're just naming meats. Yeah. These aren't ideas. Just no like... one here has actually been a chef. Guys. Also, you're at a lesbian wedding, Monica. So I would say 60% of your guests are going to be vegetarian or vegan. So can you just <laughs> make a more appropriate wedding menu? Thank you very much. Final question for you. What song is playing at the wedding reception? Oh, when they're all no. dancing it's a slow oh. one it was a moment oh man i just watched this as well i've done really bad i feel like if you didn't quiz. get this straight away yeah i'm not gonna get, like, it. gonna get it it was strangers in the night oh it was no, you did quite well you got 60 well. percent. yeah three out of five for the bonus point <laughs> you had quite extensive knowledge of monica's menu there as well which you yeah <laughs> you did we, we we award bonus points willy-nilly here. So you've got sort of three and four. You've got four out of five, despite getting two wrong. Excellent. That, very is, impressive. that is the kind of maths I can do. <laughs> just before we finish, there's one thing I just quickly wanted to pick up on while my, my sister's here. So this goes back to um, two episodes ago of this podcast, Helen Monks. We were talking about the one where it's the episode where Joey hires a twin that looks nothing like him <laughs> yeah. to, to play his identical twin for an audition. And... Strangely, on the day we recorded that, it was my sister's birthday. And that night, we went to the pub. And during conversation, apropos of nothing, one of our friends uh, told us the tale, which I thought you'd really enjoy, Pete, in this vein, which really reminded me of this, of when two girls that Sarah went to school oh, with, yeah, two Irish white girls, uh, not identical twins. Uh, not even, not twins, even twins. A not year twins. apart in so school. You've got the picture right. So they're a year apart. They're yeah. not twins. They, look, they they share similar genes, obviously. Yeah, they look like sisters for sure. They don't have the same colour hair or anything though. <laughs> they responded to an open call and attended the audition for the Patel twins in Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I feel like this doesn't paint them in a great light. I want to say that they were quite young and they probably weren't aware of the, you know, problematic What's racial... What's a surprise they didn't get cast in there? <laughs> I think also in their defence... They were going in the hope that they would be just picked up for another role. That would have been some quite emphatic whitewashing, wouldn't it? Well, I, I think... Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Sabina, that's her name. Yeah. Um, she loves to tell this tale. Uh, she said that when they turned up and like went up to the corridor, obviously we're faced with a corridor full of Asian twins, as one would expect, <laughs> who just looked at them like, oh, no, you you yeah. didn't. Like, you are fucking kidding me. We've got one role, not <laughs> yeah, two roles, yeah, and you're yeah. going to try and... Yeah, so they, they got out there pretty sharp. So, yeah, it's a real-life version of the Joey twin uh, plotline. <laughs> that is incredible. Not even twins. So there you go. On that note, that is all for episode five of Friends with Friends. Sarah Cribb, uh, friend of the podcast and sister of half the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you, Thank Sarah. You. Thank you, Pete.
Uh, and Peter, we'll be back next week uh, with another episode of Friends with Friends, the details of which will appear after this bit of music. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. And just before we go, we want to let you know which episode we will be discussing next week. Uh, and our guest will be the excellent and hilarious comedy writer Mark Haynes. Hello, Mark. Hello. And tell us, please, which episode will we be talking about? Series 3, episode 12, the one with all the jealousy. The one with all the jealousy. So if you want to go away and watch that in preparation for next week's episode of Friends with Friends, please do. And we will return to talk about it. Thanks for coming over just to say that. Friends! <laughs> uh, so next week, the one with all the jealousy, season three, episode 12. Uh, adios. See you then. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.